Welcome back to the Impensive Podcast. I'm Adam. And I am Jessica. All right, let's go with your flow. What's your flow? So today is Friday, February 18th. We're, yes. behind, we're, we're pulling up behind the veil. Uh, so when this podcast comes out, you'll know exactly when it came out. But basically saying that this week, what does that mean? Well, that means, you know, it's the middle of February. Valentine's Day was this past Monday. Um, next Monday is President's Day, I believe. Yeah. I think today is actually George Washington's birthday, or yesterday was. I can't remember. Okay. Uh, but uh, something else happened this past Sunday. Uh, what was it? Oh, that's right. The big game, a.k.a. the, can we say Super Bowl on this? I think we can. Uh, the Super Bowl isn't, a, isn't um, it's like a, it's a common term. It's not like a, I think it's probably trademarked by the NFL, but I don't think that like they're going to get people for using the term Super Bowl to describe well, the Super Bowl. Yeah, there are certain ways, certain things you can't use it in, but since we're not selling a product, I think we're allowed to say it because we're doing okay. it as a. Here, I'll do it. Sure. I'll do it in sure. a way that is. I'll do it in a way that is non-like violating. So there's this game that Americans like to get involved in, uh, where they run around on a field with a ball that is not shaped like a ball, and then you know. How do you define really, a ball shape? Okay, it's a little rubber thing, right? I don't know. And then, you know, they usually end up with TBI or traumatic brain injury or concussions or some other sort of life-altering health effects because of this stupid game. But they have millions and millions of dollars because of it. Um, so Some of them. They, they have groups of people that do this. They call them teams. And um, when, when their teams are like, I guess, uh, they, they, they're considered better than the other teams for that year. Then the two teams will like get together, and they'll play like a big, a big, a big, big game. And then people, big will, game. celebrities and and politicians and shit will pay like thousands of dollars to go to the big game, and uh, and and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg will come out and perform at halftime, and people will watch that more than they watch the actual game. So it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yes, except that's probably not accurate. Uh, that is accurate. About- do you, say, you think, I mean, no, about the people watching more the halftime, sh- more people watching the halftime show than the game. Yeah, this year. Yes, that's absolutely true. I looked it up. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. More people watch the halftime show this year than they actually watch the game. Um, Which goes to show you a few things. Nobody cared about either team that was in that game. <laughs> I don't even know what teams were playing, honestly. Yeah. Uh, here, here's a fun thing for people to know. I, I love sports. Adam, as you can tell, is not into sports as much. Uh, but there is this thing where they say they need teams that are big market. They do better in games. And when we say big market, it is confusing because you think a team from LA would be a big market game, a big market team, but not as much as a team from say like Green Bay. And a team from Pittsburgh, a Green Bay, Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah, or Dallas. And these aren't even the hugest markets. Like Houston has a bigger, is a bigger city or Chicago. But when it comes to football, the mark Green Bay will get more viewers Uh, or New England will get more viewers than LA. 
because these are teams that are loved. Like Green Bay, Dallas is a really loved team. Green Bay is a really uh, loved team by a lot of people. Pittsburgh is a really loved team. These are all franchises that have done well for decades. And they have a lot of fan base across the U.S. The L.A. Rams do not. The Cincinnati Bengals do not. It was like, oh, yeah, who cares who wins this game? And it's a problem where you want, you want the best two teams, but you also want teams that, you know, people are going to watch the game. That doesn't happen often. It's a I mean, problem. It's still the biggest sporting event in American culture. That's true. It's still huge. big. It's, it's dropped. Yeah. I think, well, let's see. Did it drop in its overall rating this year? Let's see. Super Bowl. I know because I'm a baseball, a big baseball fan. I know the baseball ratings for every World Series has been dropping steadily since the 90s, except for one particular game. Can you guess what game that everybody, that a bunch of people watched? I have no idea. I wouldn't even know. I think if you thought about it for a little bit, you might get it. And that was game seven of the 2016 World Series in which the Chicago Cubs won. Oh, I, I, I don't know why I wouldn't have known that. No. <laughs> because it's the Cubs. And also, we both have a friend who was oh, yeah. a huge Cubs fan. Yeah. So on a, on, in the peripheral, I may have been slightly aware of that. But what, like, you're speaking in these teams in terms of like hierarchies, and I'm thinking of them as like just, they're just names to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, so the ratings went up this year. We don't have to- total viewers. We have average viewers right now. I don't know if they're not going to release it, but the ratings average viewers went up by 3 million from last Super Bowl, but it's still down uh, by 12 million from the, no, by 14 million from the largest Super Bowl, which was. Uh, which was. Uh, uh, I'm trying to see what this was. Oh, Yes, New England versus Seattle uh, in 2015. Uh, the rating share dropped, but no, the rating dropped. The share increased. That's interesting. Okay. And in the key demographic, which is 18 to 49, uh, increased in rating, but not share. Um, interesting so nice ways to say is that it both did better and did worse than previous super bowls and it's steadily you can see like it has been steadily dropping and then with a few blips and this looks like more of a blip uh upward last year nobody cared about that super bowl either i can't even remember who was in it um oh, i do remember now uh, but you're having this steady, like, kind of decrease even in the Super Bowl. It's still the most watched thing in the U.S., but um, it, is a, aside, it is a problem. Aside from porn. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the most watched single event. We should say oh, okay. this, like, these are done, done single event. Because, like, we have here 100 million people watching this. Well, there are probably TikToks that could get 100 million viewers. Uh, okay. or their YouTube channels and shows and stuff that might get 100 million viewers. But 
But yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying here. I All right, doubt, let's, let's... I don't know. But anyway, that's not where we're, we're not here to talk about the actual Super Bowl. We're here to talk. We've about talked a lot about the actual Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, we did. We went way too much into that. We might have to just cut out all that crap that's because fine. I think I went way too far into things that most people don't care about, which is ratings and shares. And I almost started explaining the difference and going into that, but I thought that is a waste of time. If you cared about it, you would already know, um, most likely. If not. Google is a wonderful search engine. It'll get you exactly what you want and tell and remember it for the future. And sell it to advertisers so they can sell you stuff in the future too. Yes. They'll, they'll sell you things. That's why you should, when you use Google, make sure to Google things that you want. Uh, money. Google your favorite, uh, your, your favorite band so you can know when they, uh, when they perform next. Say, so say you were a, you're a fan of, I don't know, 90s West Coast rap music and Which last week you're like you're like uh oh uh, i can't think of any can you give me like a random 90 west coast rapper someone who's big in the 90s in the west coast rap scene yeah e40 e40 so if i'm looking up e40 to see when they're performing next uh can you give me another one yeah too short too too short okay okay See, the problem is Adam could literally do this for hours. <laughs> and the bigger, and that's actually, that's not the problem. The problem is that I would not be shocked if he did. But you, the listener, will not hear all that because he'd edit it all out. But I mm-hmm. would have to deal with that until sunup. All right, let's say Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, great West Coast rapper. So if last week you're like Googling them, and then they pop up and like, hey, why don't you watch um, a halftime show sponsored by Adam? What are you drinking right now? See, you literally are drinking Pepsi. Oh. <laughs> it's called the Pepsi halftime show. Sorry. I was, what if Snoop Dogg's marijuana company of name, which I cannot remember at the moment, sponsored the halftime show? Well, it, it, it probably can't. It probably doesn't make enough money to sponsor that type of a thing. But Snoop Dogg makes enough money and he could just say, all right, here's money for the halftime show and I, just call it sponsored by Snoop Dogg's hash, whatever the hell he calls it. Well, there, there'd be three problems. Number okay. one, uh, the NFL would have to approve that sponsorship, which they wouldn't. Okay. Number two, because it's on network TV, it would have to be okayed by government to have that kind of sponsorship, which it wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And number three, I don't think Snoop Dogg actually has PepsiCo's type of money. Actually, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. He has death row money, though. That is true. How does he have death row money? We're not even getting into the halftime show at all. We're just going to skip right, around. Let's, go, right, let's do the halftime show first, and we'll talk about death row, because I'm very excited okay, so, about death row. Yes. All yes, right. the, the death row thing was something that we'll get there. Uh, but okay, so halftime show this past Sunday was uh in order dr dre mm-hmm. Snoop dog yeah um 50 cent yes mary j blige mm-hmm. kendrick Ken- lamar yep eminem yep anderson pack though he didn't really perform to he a lesser extent sh- yeah he he kind of showed up as the drummer uh yeah. as eminem's drummer uh, but he was there, I guess, you know, just which is, is a cool thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I believe that was the order. 
I could be wrong on that. Can I talk about how genius this whole thing was? Or how... Uh, Oh, yeah. I, I want to talk about some things, too, that I thought was amazing how they did it. But you go first. Let's, let's run through it. Okay. So it opened with uh, the next episode, um, Dr. Jane and Snoop Dogg. And then during part of it, they had a small interpolation of nothing but a G thing, like in the middle of the next episode, like maybe like 10 or 20 seconds, 10 or 20 seconds before it ended. So they brought in like that that da na 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 that line from nothing but the G yeah. thing. They didn't wrap anything from it. They didn't do any verses from it. Um, then it got <laughs> enough of these sent that his like first verse of in the club. And then Mary J. Blige did her stuff with Family Affair and No More Drama. And then uh Kendra came Were those, on. Those are both uh, produced by Dr. Dre, those songs or the Family Affair is, is No More Drama okay. is not. I I wasn't um, sure if both of them. The so and then Kendrick came on with All Right and then he did this little thing where he was like um he was talking about people act like they forgot about Dre and he's talking about NWA or something like that. Yes. And that fed into like the small line from Forgot About Dre that Eminem came out and did, which I mean it's like their biggest hit together and they only have like one line from it. And then Eminem did Lose Yourself. And then after Lose Yourself, of course Anderson Pack was on stage doing the drums. After Lose yes. Yourself, some people didn't Most catch important this. thing. Yeah. Excuse me. After Lose Yourself, some people didn't catch this, but as Dr. Dre was descending down to the next level, he played the, the opening portion of Tupac's I Ain't Mad At You while Eminem was taking a knee. Um, so there's some meaning there we can get into in a little bit. And then uh, after the opening line of Tupac's I Ain't Mad At You, he went into Steel DRA, which was not produced by Dr. Dre. It was produced by Scott Storch. Um, mm. Most people don't know that. People just think it does sound like Dr. Dre beat, but it was produced by Scott Storch. Uh, so then Steel DRA, and I think that's it. It closes up. You missed one song. What's that? You missed California Love. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, that's right. He did do California <laughs> Love. but um, Which had to be there because we, we didn't talk about this. The, the, the show took place in L.A. So it yeah. took place in California, which that's is right. why we had that halftime crew. Because the halftime show, it tries to be local-ish. Mm -hmm. I use yeah. that ish very importantly. It doesn't always work out that way. So, um, so then there was some, some controversy. People were, people were upset because Dr. Dre said, still not loving police in the verse of Still DRE that has that line in it. And then people were upset because Eminem took a, took a knee. How? How could he take a knee in honor of what Colin Kaepernick, whatever his name is, you know, Colin Kaepernick. as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, uh, a reference to his little knee taking NFL, you know? So, uh, so yeah, that was, that's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, we, we get into some of the controversy and interesting parts of that. And also the, 
almost the he said, she said type stuff that was going on leading up and after the Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, about these controversies. Um, so what I want to say is like, okay, so the Super Bowl took place in LA. And if you know anything about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl kicks off almost every year. It's around 620, uh, 6.20 Eastern time is when the kickoff is, around that time. That's mm. when the Super Bowl kicks off. I forgot what time it kicked off to uh, Sunday. But that way it's done by 1030. Yeah. Because they don't want it to go too late. They want most people to be able to watch it because people still have work the next day. They want people to be able to watch it because the last two minutes, if it's a close game, like it, like the Super Bowl was, and it came down to the last two minutes, the ratings go through the roof because people all tune in to see who's going to win, who's going to make the last minute drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game winning score was in the last two minutes. Uh, but 6.20 Eastern time is 3.20 Pacific time where the Super Bowl took place. So this was an afternoon Super Bowl. Uh, right. And you're like, okay, what does that have to do with the halftime show? The stadium is a new stadium that they built. And it is a dome, I believe. Yeah. But the, the ceiling, it uses natural light. Okay. Meaning that unlike most Super Bowls, which take place in domes, full-on domes, on the, on the East Coast, where it's already dark at the halftime show, it was completely daylight at the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. And they could not cut out the light because it was natural light, mm. meaning that the whole halftime show had to be done in complete daylight, which is completely unique to modern halftime shows where they usually make it dark and then they change the lights and they do all this stuff with it. Right. And a lot of pyrotechnics are used. Pyrotechnics aren't great in daylight. They don't work as well. They don't look as good, which means that the whole halftime show had to be done differently. Mm-hmm. And so what did they do? They had an entire white yeah. stage. The whole thing was completely white. They played with the colors. Obviously, the whole ground was just this big map of L.A. Yeah. Uh, and it was just such a great way of saying, like, we have no choice. We cannot control the light. We can't do our typical flash and boom and all these cool fireworks or whatnot uh yeah which are dumb things to do really in a in a, uh, in a dome anyway because then you've got smoke for the first like 10 minutes of the second half right <laughs> so uh but they're like how do we do this and they did it in a really good way i thought i really enjoyed just having the whole thing white and saying like we're going to use the light and we're going to be okay with that we're just going to go with that yeah and i had like a hundred like at least a hundred people out there like doing choreography and and sort of um moving things around and the little kendrick's kendrick spot where he had um all of his guys around him they all had dre day sashes and the the dre day boxes that they all popped out of that was pretty cool there's there's some pretty cool aesthetics even though there wasn't a whole lot of like flash or glimmer to it and uh you know they, yeah, they did what they they had a very limited. Yeah, like twelve uh, minutes or something like that. Like twelve minutes. Well, you, yeah, yeah. Which they did a lot for that twelve minutes. I will say, like, yeah, you got the, the halftime show is generally around twelve minutes. 
every year, but usually it's one to two artists. I was wondering how they were going to incorporate when I saw that the lineup was going to be that many people, plus they had a 50 cent, which I had a feeling they would do. I think that was Eminem's idea or Eminem's push. But if you saw on the marquee, it had all the names of all the artists who were showing up. Yeah. So it's even the surprise 50 cent show up. Yeah. It's an insane uh, lineup. And uh, I mean, each of them can draw a huge crowd in their own right. So them all being together. Yeah, it was just, it was cool. It was good for, yeah. for hip hop to have, to have that big of a presence and that big of a, yeah. a visibility. I'm sure boomers are probably rolling over in their grave though. I'm thinking like the last major hip hop thing was, and when I said like they try to have local artists, yeah. was uh, a few years ago, 2018, 2019, I can't remember exactly when, uh, it, the, the, ha- the Super Bowl was in Atlanta, Georgia. And so who did they get to do the Super Bowl? Maroon 5, of course, because that's who I think of. And then they had, as guest stars, Travis Scott. I don't know where Travis Scott is from. I don't know either. I don't care about Travis Scott. But he, he did one song. And then they had Big Boy, who did one song. And I was like, oh, there's your Atlanta person. Yeah. And it, that was it. And then it was back to Maroon 5. Yeah. Which this, was the most forgettable halftime show, except for to me, Big Boy was the only person that I cared about in that halftime show because I was like, "That's the Atlanta connection that I know." Yeah, I, the only thing I, I, the only rapper I know of that's been on the halftime show, I think Nelly was on one year with like Justin Timberlake or something like that. Yeah, that was that the one with Aerosmith and all them. Like oh the, God, I don't even know. I don't. I don't, I don't know if that was the infamous halftime show or if that was the. One oh, Janet Jackson? Yeah. I don't know. That might have been the infamous halftime show. Maybe. But this was pure hip hop, so it was good. Yeah. Um, yes, it was a it was they got the main they got the spotlight. Yeah. And it's good timing because Dr. Dre just put out um a new EP for the Grand Theft Auto Five yeah. DLC soundtrack or something. Which is really good. That has a lot of Anderson Pack all over it. So people who love Anderson Pack will love that. And um, is Anderson Pack's drumming skills on there? I think I'm sure it is. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know. I, I was about to say I didn't know he could drum. But let's be honest. We have to. We have to acknowledge the elephant in the room about halftime shows. What's that? They're all lip synced. None of that's live. That's all. Yeah, fake. that's true. They don't that allow that to be live. Uh, the yeah. NFL is very much against that. They don't want mistakes. They don't want you saying things you, you shouldn't say, yeah. uh, even though they have a time delay on there. They want it to be perfect. So this is all pre-recorded in the week leading up to it. Yeah. I mean, I thought um, that was a given. I didn't even think that was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people still don't know that the halftime show is all, uh, it's mostly just an act, is an act that they don't record that that they're lip syncing the whole thing and and any drums or pianos and all that that's all fake too and there are some legit sound reasons why they don't like doing that as well because the bigger the stadium well the acoustics uh, of, of that sort of thing are great so yeah, yeah that's you need fe- if you've ever been to a festival you kind of get the picture of it because if you're up close and i've been to a few big festivals and there's a limit where you hear the songs live or, you know, as live as, you know, sound allows it. And then you have the people in the back 
So you have like the first like 20, 30,000, then you got the rest that are behind and they have their own set of speakers because they have to have extra speakers again. And those are off by like a half a second. Yeah. And if you do it live, if you don't do it live, then you can make it all just line up perfectly and everyone can hear the same music at the same time. But if you do it live, then you're going to have levels, layers, and it's going to reverberate back into the sounds that are picking up and you're just, it's just going to, it's why you, it's why stadium tours or why arena tours, arenas are not great places to listen to music. Yeah. 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 Your best place is going to be outdoors, to be honest. Because it will just it will shoot out and it won't bounce yeah, back like an amphitheater you. or something like that. Yeah, because yeah. I've been to the one in Nashville, Bridgestone Arena. I've heard plenty of songs there. And depending on how big the show is, you will hear the music and then it will hit like the back wall and then it will, you'll hear this like echoiness that's just coming from it. And it's just terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. I'm more of a fan of like, uh, smaller concerts, although some of the venues for the smaller concerts aren't great either, depending on that's true. Location and Small, setup. Smaller concerts do they they tend to be able to absorb because you got enough people in there they absorb the sound. Yeah, unlike big arenas. Yeah, stadiums tend to work if it's one direction. But in the halftime show, it's literally pointed in all directions because they're in the center. But given all that, was this the best halftime show ever? Oh, that is a great question. And I did want to get it. I did want to have these questions. So I, I looked at it. Uh, what is the best halftime show? It's a great question. And the answer, of course, is the weekend last year. Uh, I wouldn't know. I didn't watch it. So... Uh, I will give The weekend a special props for how he handled the halftime show in a very COVID-restricted halftime. Uh, if you've ever seen the meme or something where he's like going through a hall of glass or mirrors and can't find his way out, mm. that's from the halftime show last year. And I thought he did a great show for what he had. Okay. That's a show that nobody wanted to have, I don't think. Okay. And he took it and he did well with it. So I will give him special props for in a very restricted role of what he was, he could do. He put his brand in there and he made it work. Okay. Um, so I'll give props to the weekend for that. Uh, I've heard this one is the greatest halftime show. Uh, yes, I've heard that. I think it's too soon to say that if this is the greatest halftime show, uh, because it's literally just happened, so it's the one on our mind. But the one, the big one I hear is Prince. Yeah, I Prince's halftime show was good. No yeah. way around that. It was. A I've never seen Prince. Show. I'm not a big fan of Prince to begin with, so I've never seen his show, and that's like blasphemy. How can I listen to music and not like Prince? What's wrong with you? Yeah, uh, it's like saying I like Michael Jackson. Yeah, Michael Jackson's terrible. Sorry. What's wrong with? <laughs> I mean. It depends on what you believe about him as a person. Uh, no, I just don't like his music, period. I think I find I, it obnoxious. Like, I love his music or some beat of it. it and um, oh, okay. 
what's the other one? Um, Billy Jean. Do you hate yeah, Billy they're Jean? All, they're all freaking obnoxious. I don't know what. Got to be starting wrong. something. They're all yeah. You, something's wrong with you if you don't like Billy Jean. <laughs> they're just obnoxious, dude. I just Billy like Jean is just like the song. It is the the best song ever created. To be honest, I will. I, if you had to say name one name the greatest song of all time, it will. And if it, it would be hard for me not to say Billy Jean is not one of them. Well, I say that the best song of all time is Tribute by Tenacious D, but... No, it's not the best (laughs) song of all time, Adam. What is it then? It's just a tribute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Wow, that was terrible. (laughs) All right. Okay. Okay. We did not plan that. I just want to no. say that was all like <laughs> that we did that live in person, not knowing what we're about to do. We're not in person, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's wonderful. <laughs> all right. Well, I think it was a pretty decent halftime show. And uh, yeah, I think it was good. I think it was top five, definitely. But I would like to give it time before I would say it's the best. And I'm not going to be like one of those. I've seen so many Facebook posts like this was what we needed. This was for the millennials. This was the greatest thing ever. We deserved this. It's like, dude, it's a halftime show. It's set up for. You know. It was good for hip hop, I think, because yeah. it's it's a it's an acknowledgement by larger society that hip hop is. I mean, hip hop's been around for forty years now. So, because there was a time early when, um, people thought hip hop was just a fad and it would go away, and the fact that it's still here and the fact that dr dre and eminem could do bigger numbers than every modern rapper around and dr dre's only put out three albums in his entire life you know what i mean like (laughs) one of them's not that great that should be like a jeopardy question or something like how many albums does dr dre put out i mean it wouldn't be a jeopardy style question but some other type where you had whose line is anyway where you have like four where you have four answers it's like three ten fifteen thirty yeah and everybody's like oh it's 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 between ten or fifteen i bet yeah maybe it's It's only three thirty it's definitely not three no it's three but the fact that uh that these guys almost in their 50s can still outperform and outdo every modern or new um hip hop hip hop artist is a testament to their longevity and yeah. it's a testament to how significant hip hop was um or is uh but and all those songs every song they did with the exception of Kendrick Lamar came out between 1996 with California Love and roughly like 2003, 2004 within the club. So like it was all from that one time frame. They didn't do any of the old chronic or doggy style um, songs and they didn't do any of the newer stuff. They just stuck yeah. with that one time frame. I made, I made the joke with uh, friends. I was like, oh, all these songs can vote now. Uh, yeah, except for All Right. All Right still. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, obviously it was a joke so there was one song Kendrick Lamar had to go and ruin it but uh, yeah like all of them were old songs yeah and it was just like oh. that's my one complaint is I wish that um, I wish uh, they would have done 
one of the older, like original songs, like um, Nothing But A G Thing or Let Me Ride or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then they would have done something newer. And they didn't do any Snoop Dogg songs. Like Snoop Dogg did all, did just feature, the, his features from Dr. Dre songs. He didn't do any, like they didn't know, he didn't have like his own set. He was more there as like a, a hype man for Dr. Dre. Uh, I will. I think some of this probably had to do with what they felt comfortable editing, because they obviously they had to do a lot of edits to make this uh, clean enough to be on NBC. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's why I think we got "Lose Yourself" instead of any other Eminem song, because "Lose yeah. Yourself" was the easiest one to play a verse. Well, and that's his most common like. The thing is, like with with big shows and performances like this, it's meant to appeal to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. So they're not gonna play like their their deep cuts or anything during a show yeah. like this. Although there are some Eminem songs that are probably more meaningful and more impactful than "Lose Yourself" that probably don't get the same attention, like "When I'm Gone" or "Not Afraid" or "Going Through Changes" or "Beautiful." Um, but. Not Afraid was the number one song, wasn't it? It was, but it wasn't uh, Lose Yourself, number one. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't Oscar. It wasn't the first rap song to win an Oscar. Right. Uh, And that's the difference. Lose Yourself is definitely his biggest song, although he has other songs that are are on the same caliber. Um, And, yeah, and so people, I know people got upset. Like, why are they playing these particular songs? Like, well, first of all, there are a few reasons. A, they need to have one that is known by a lot of people that can be played on TV with little edits right and also very importantly hypes the crowd these are not this is not where you play your sad songs yeah Uh, you you can't just be like i want to play you you wouldn't have i'm trying to think of a sad band playing at the halftime show because it would just be like oh okay i was about to say coldplay but then i was like they're a sad band but they still i think they did play at some point <laughs> they did play uh they i i am a coldplay play fan or an old coldplay fan their new stuff is kind of whatever i mean yeah it, fans evolve and they evolve that way and that's not the way i evolved in my musical taste and that's just how it goes uh i was upset that they got the halftime show and people were like i don't like coldplay and so they took out half part of their halftime show to give it to Beyonce. So they gave them the halftime show and they're like, oh yeah, well, people seem to be upset. So we're going to give Beyonce the halftime show instead. And Coldplay kind of got downplayed, even though mm-hmm. they were the headliners, they got regulated to part two just because a bunch of people complained because they didn't want Coldplay to be the headliners. Wow. And I thought that was, and people were like, yay, Beyonce. And I'm like, yeah, but she just stole the halftime show from someone else. Because y'all complained. Hmm. And y'all ain't going to buy Pepsi, so. <laughs> anyway. I'm still upset about that one. Clearly. Uh, also, she wore heels on the field, and that still makes me mad. Uh, <laughs> you ruined turf doing that. I'm, I'm like, you, you cannot be doing that because it was played on a turf field. It was not played hmm. on a, it was played on an f- actual grass field, not an artificial turf field. Anyway, that's a long story. Uh, so I think it was a good halftime show controversy. We can get into that uh, real quick because if we did say we'd get into that, we can't just skip it. I mean, we touched on a little bit. Like, people well, were all I was going to yeah, go apparently ahead. before there are a lot of articles that said the NFL said 
Eminem could not kneel and that Dr. Dre couldn't say the line, still not liking the police. I mean, uh, that, that, you brought those, Eminem and Dr. Dre to the Super Bowl halftime show. Eminem and Dr. Dre are going to do Eminem and Dr. Dre things. Yes. Yeah. So, but so there, that was the lines beforehand. Then we see the halftime show and Eminem kneels. Yeah. And Dr. Dre says the line. Yeah. And then Dr. Dre says in an interview afterwards, the NFL never said we couldn't do that. They knew exactly what we we're doing in rehearsals. Yeah. They saw. They it. said that he brought they, Eminem did the practicing, the kneeling or whatever, and rehearsal or whatever. So yeah. And of course they knew the line was going to be said because again, they, they, they recorded it before the show. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, I don't know what to believe. I think the NFL knew what was going to happen. And I don't, they may have suggested like, Hey, we'd rather you not, or maybe a bunch of journalists just made up stuff to get clicks. Oh, oh, that, that never happens. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> The NFL has never stopped people from kneeling, and I don't know why they think they would have suddenly started that. Yeah. That's yeah, the controversy would. is that they yeah. never stopped them. It is interesting that people still complained about the kneeling, even though it wasn't during the national anthem. It was. Well, and it's also during the part, that's what I was saying. It was also during the part of um, Dr. Jerry playing the first portion of Tupac's I Am Mad At You. So it could be interpreted as Eminem paying respect to Tupac. That's how. I would interpret it. I mean, I think it's probably both. I think it's probably. Yeah, I, th I think there's a little bit of both. And also uh, the history of what happened to Tupac. Yeah. How he died was, and it, it got into like, let's face it, uh, black artists being taken advantage by, by rich people. Yeah. And um, he got caught up in that. Yep. That. One of those rich people was Suge Knight, who used to own Death Row Records. Whatever happened notice, to Suge Knight? He is in jail oh. for murder. Um, so he's not in jail for throwing or trying to throw Villanel Isalfa out of a building? No, no. no he's, oh. he's not in jail for anything except for the murder of... He, like, ran some guy over during the Straight Outta Compton shooting, or, or uh, not, not shooting, but shooting the movie Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, <laughs> different shooting. Um, <laughs> but why, isn't it wild, the things that people go to jail for and the things they don't end up in jail for? Yeah. Because Suge Knight probably should have been in jail hundreds of times over for things he did. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, in jail right now. Um, so so he, lost, he doesn't own He doesn't own, No, he has no death row record for, like, 20 years. It's been, like, 20 years since he owned death row records. So who um, owns Death Row Records now? Well, it was Hasbro, the toy company, because um, they bought. Wait, it. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that? No, I did not. Know. Obviously, right. so let me run through the let me run through the history of Death Row Records. How it's changed. Hold on, real quick though, I yeah. have to say this. So earlier this week, I'm texting or I'm talking to Adam. I'm sending him messages about what to discuss. We need to discuss in this podcast, <laughs> and one of the things is. Apparently, I'm late. To, I think I said, apparently, I'm late to everything, but Snoop Dogg owns Death Row now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I knew nothing. Oh, whoops. I gave it away, but I think we've already said it. What? I gave away who owns Death Row now. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it's pretty common knowledge now. I, at least in... Obviously, it wasn't for me until like right. two days ago. But anyway, let's, let's figure out the history of Death Row ownership. All right. Once Dr. Dre left Death Row, Snoop Dogg left Death Row. Um, uh, Tupac died. Uh, Mid-90s. Shug Knight. Yeah, yeah. 
Shoot Night held on the death row for a few years until they basically, like, they signed, after that, they signed Crooked Eye, who is now King Crooked, who was part of Slaughterhouse. And then um, they, they, at one point, they rebranded themselves to just The Row Records, like in the mid-2000s. Um, and they put out an album by Corrupt, um, which is called, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, they put out a, a few albums under The Row Records, along with like a bunch of compilations and unreleased um, unreleased songs. Like when, so when Dr. Dre was putting together 2001 with Eminem and Hitman and Mailman and Snoop and all those other guys, um, Dr. Dre wanted to call 2001, he wanted to call it Chronic 2000 because he was putting it out at the end of 1999, so he wanted to call it Chronic 2000. So Suge Knight came in and put out a compilation of like unreleased tracks by like Crooked Eye and, and Tupac and all these other guys. And he called his album Chronic 2000. So before Dr. Dre could release his album. So that's why the, uh, Dr. Dre's album is called 2001 and not Chronic 2000, even though he wanted to call it Chronic 2000. So anyway, um, I, I'll like run through like the highlights real quick. Basically, Death Row Records folded. Um, they get sold off to a company called Wide Awake, um, which tried to basically repackage a lot of the older albums, like All Eyes on Me and The Chronic, in some more digital formats. And um, eventually that didn't that business model didn't work because all they were doing was basically recycling old albums they weren't really doing anything with it with the brand or anything so then they sold it to e1 uh which is another record label so e1 bought it and then a few years later e1 got bought by hasbro so in that e1 uh hasbro the toy company owned e1 and by proxy death row records and that's where it sat for a number of years. Nothing was being done with it. Um, and then Snoop Dogg came along and bought uh, Death Row from Hasbro. So now Snoop Dogg owns Death Row Records. But I think there's a caveat to this because I'm trying to find some clarification on this because I'm not entirely sure. But what I can find is that Snoop Dogg now has ownership of Death Row Records, the brand, and Death Row Records, the imagery. But I think the catalog is still not his yet. I think he's still fighting for the catalog, especially like the unreleased stuff. Um, but then I saw an interview with Danny Boy. Do you know who Danny Boy is? Um, he's the person behind the song oh danny boy no so danny boy was uh, one of the artists that was signed to death row records around the same time as tupac and so Dan danny boy is like part of he's on i ain't mad at you or he has writing credits on i ain't mad at you or producing credits something like that but anyway what's that i was singing the danny boy song oh my god so um so anyway uh, Danny Boy's like, I'm glad that Snoop Dogg now owns Death Row Records. Maybe I'll actually get paid because after Death Row Records folded, he went bankrupt 
and <laughs> like he never got paid. Apparently, like he was owed a lot of money from Interscope, who was what Death Row was under at the time. And Interscope sent the money to Suge, and then Suge sent the money to Afini Shakur. So Afini got paid for what Danny Boy should have gotten paid. So there's like a whole lot of like bad business practices and stuff that happened, like especially after Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg left. And so between that time and the time that they rebrand themselves as the row, um, that there was like a whole lot of um, bad business practices that happened that left like Nate Dogg and Dog Pound and Karak and all the other other artists that that he rage, all the other artists that were signed, um, basically without the royalties they were they were owed. Um, so now that Snoop Dogg owns it, maybe that maybe they'll be able to recoup some of that. Um, maybe he'll look out for them um but i'm yeah as best as he probably can because they owe him a lot of money he may not be able to recoup much of that yeah um but crooked crooked eye said um said so he was only signed to death row for like three or four years because he was supposed to put out like three or four albums with them but of course being in the financial state that the, the label was in they couldn't actually put out any albums so Crooked Eye said he has a lot of really good songs that were never heard from that era. So hopefully uh, they can they can look they can get get access to the vault and go uh, pull those old records and, and put them out for people to hear. That'd be really nice. Um, or but, maybe uh, Hasbro will turn them into toy songs. <laughs> Push the button, action yeah, figures, it's little, little it's action a little, figures. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking like those those like it's like a piano for little kids and you press it has the songs automatically in it as well. So you hit the button and it's like starts playing song from the vault. Oh my god, that's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Some of, the song, some of those uh some of those songs are pretty pretty brutal and pretty badly produced. Um but so, yeah. So Snoop Dogg owning Death Row Records. He's got new, new Death Row chain and everything. So I'm I'm look, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with it. He already has three new artists signed to Death Row. Um, I can't remember what their names are at the moment, but if you go on Wikipedia and look up Death Row Records, you'll see who the new the new people are. And uh, and along with that, Wikipedia lists um, the Dog Pound, Corrupt. Daz Dillinger and Snoop Dogg as current artists of Death Row. So maybe he's bringing back the Dog Pound to Death Row and uh, maybe they'll put out some new music. Hopefully they will. Snoop Dogg did release um, an album to like market last weekend. It's called Back on Death Row. But he spells back B-A-C-C, which is like the classic way he used to spell words that had names like that. Right now, we have. If you go to Death Row Records, they have on Wikipedia. Well, I'm, I'm on their Twitter, oh. they have three tweets. Yeah, and only seventeen thousand followers. Yeah, and two of those tweets are about Snoop Dogg. Yeah, wow. but in the Wikipedia, it lists who the three new artists are. One of them already has like a song out. Uh, his name is like Doggy Style. But it's spelled with like four E at the end or something. I'm seeing who all they uh, follow. 
on their Twitter. Probably just Snoop Dogg and yeah. Well, they do follow some things that are like mm. that made me say, "Oh." They follow some MF NFT and crypto stuff. Oh yeah, I think that might be the part of the business model going forward is NFTs. By the way, yes. And I did want to get into that back into the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, real quick with nfts and stuff so the super bowl had ads that were very strange and i want to come back to music on this as well because apparently it's big in music and that's every other ad seemed to be either crypto and then eco so it's like here's the cryptocurrency that you can make all your money on versus here's how we're going to save the environment Mm -hmm. and it's just such a wild juxtaposition because Crypto is destroying the environment. NFTs are destroying the environment the way that they're done currently. It yeah. doesn't mean it's the way they're always going to be done. It doesn't mean they can't be done environ-friendly. They just currently aren't. And it is kind of annoying to see that all these artists are doing this. It's not like Snoop Dogg said, like, hey, we got to stop global warming or climate change and then turns around and say, hey, pro NFT. Uh, we've had plenty of people do both of those. Yeah. i.e. Reese Witherspoon, uh, big on stopping climate change, also big on NFTs. Uh, uh, so go, go figure on that. Uh, <laughs> like, you don't get it, do you? You're just, you're just. Yeah, maybe, not... maybe we're the ones who don't get it. Maybe we're the ones who, who think that they care about anything besides money. Well, I mean, they don't. <laughs> I, I, did we discuss point. this? I think we discussed this last time. I think I've already gotten into this because we okay. talked about the uh, Met Gala. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I think we've already gotten into this. But yeah. uh, if, if you're out there and you're listening and you think that anyone, any celebrity or any politician or any business person from a, from a large oil company or anything else gives a shit about anything besides money, then you're lying to yourself. I'm no. sorry. Yes, if you're a hero, is a billionaire. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. No one makes billions of dollars without doing some things that you would not think are ethical. And if you do think they're ethical and they're okay, I need you to stay out of my house. Yeah. Yeah. Or away from me because I question you as <laughs> your morality. No offense. I try not to judge, but um, not paying people. Uh, yeah. Mark, uh, making sure that people pee themselves so that you can, you know, make a billion dollars more so they don't take bathroom breaks because that costs you too much money. Those aren't good things. Uh, they make that's you a really lot of just money. The, that's really just the start of it, in all honesty. Like the I rabbit mean, hole yeah. for how bad some of these companies are, it goes pretty deep. Yeah. There's probably uh, an no, iceberg even... chart on there somewhere, out there somewhere about it. Like, yeah. Like, so, worst business practices by major corporations. Let's start from the top. Like the very top is like not being able to take bathroom breaks. And at the very, like, somewhere towards the bottom is like sexually coercing people into, yeah. So. Oh, you mean uh, Activision Blizzard? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was referring to. <laughs> <laughs> that was their top, though. I think they allow people true. bathroom That's breaks. That's true. But uh, on a broad scale, that's probably a little bit lesser known than the, the yeah. Amazon thing. But. Yeah. Even though they're 
billions of dollars. Activision. Uh, it's no yeah. Tencent, but it is a pretty big company uh, to not own any, uh, to not be one of the big three in video games. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they don't care about you. Uh, they can say they care about you, and they, uh, but really what they care about is singing the song Imagine. <laughs> And say how we're all in this together. Do you remember the Imagine yeah. song? Oh, oh, I know Ma- John Lennon. Yeah, I know the I know no, Imagine. No, no. I mean, I'm talking about the one where at the beginning of the pandemic, and everybody's in lockdown. Everybody's freaking out. People are losing jobs and all this. Mm. And um, what's her name? I blanked on her name. She's in Wonder Woman. I don't know. One second. Wonder Woman. <laughs> yep, uh, this will be Gal 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 Gadot. Whoever that is, yes. Yeah. So she's the she plays Wonder Woman, Diana, Diane. I can't remember. I'm not great on DC stuff. Uh, she got a bunch of celebrities together to sing "Imagine" as a "We're all in this together," which cool. Except if you know what "Imagine" is about. It's about giving up all your possessions and yeah. living free together, uh, which is ironic, I, or maybe it's appropriate because a bunch of celebrities who were who were, um, uh, you know, isolating themselves in their giant mansions, <laughs> were singing about communism. Yeah, written by a guy who really loved communism, but also said he could not give up money. Because right. he'd already had money. Right. So that's another thing. John <laughs> Lennon was not a great guy either. Yeah. And a lot of, he also was a very abusive person. Doesn't mean you can't like his music. You have to make that decision for yourself. But I mean, in all honesty, it, in all honesty, so at the same time that, just as another example, same time that Snoop Dogg is buying Death Row Records and getting ready for the Super Bowl. He's getting sued by some Jane Doe for sexual assault. Uh, um, so, I mean, who who is pure in this world? Yeah. And I think the answer is nobody. Yes. Honestly. But I will say, like, there are some types of impurities that we should be like, no, you can't do that. Um, yeah. Well, and then you can't, for just in that example, you can't assume that he's guilty because some Jane Doe is suing him. She isn't even releasing her real name. So I get why she's not releasing her real name. Let's just be honest. If we want to get into it, uh, the person who accused Kobe Bryant of raping her released her real name, and Kobe Bryant's fans went after attacked her until she yeah. retracted it. Yeah. Uh, so he never he never got charged. He never got formally convicted of rape yeah. because she just decided to let it go and disappear because yeah. she had no choice because she was getting attacked. So if I were if you were, if I were like assaulted by a celebrity, I would be afraid to release my name because of what they do to what the fans will do to you because they worship celebrities as if they're their best buds. They're not, they don't care about you. Yeah. Well, at the same time, there are probably people out there who are predatory and will make every attempt to get any amount of money from somebody who has money. Um, yeah. But, so. and, we got to be honest that there are a lot of people out there in the music industry who've done some very bad things. Yeah, like everyone. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of people that if they said, yes, this person raped me, I'm sure a lot of us would be like, yeah, I could see. Mm-hmm. I wish that weren't true, but yeah, I could totally believe that. Yeah. And that's sad. That's sad that we'd be like, yes, I believe that. And also, for the most part, we'd be like, but we're not going to change anything. Yeah. Which means we let powerful people get away with stuff. Yep. Uh, I don't have a happy note on that. That's just the state of the world that we do that, let powerful that's it. people get away with stuff. Uh, that's it. There's I mean, no way around it. Bill yeah. Clinton, what he did uh, to at least Monica Lewinsky and other people was non-consensual sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, some might call that rape. And people still like, oh, he was a great president. Yeah. And he admitted to I don't care it. what he did in his personal life. I just know that. <laughs> yeah. That's always <laughs> yeah. the thing. It's like, well, he admitted to it. Right. <laughs> and we're just like, well, here's the problem with Monica Lewinsky. And it's like, no, she was a 20-year-old who had no power. Yeah. Um, and we, but I don't know the situation with Snoop Dogg enough. We'll, we'll learn more. Well, there's too, much, there's too much ambiguity in that situation anyway. Yeah. And it'll probably there's, be handled by um, a settlement of some sort. It probably won't even yeah. ever reach public. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. there, there, you got the same thing happened to him in like 2005. He got sued for like basically the same thing in 2005. So, and, and you know, there, there are legit where you, where it's not like there is a right or wrong, like they did wrong, but the levels of wrong. Um, mm. And yeah. that, that gets into it. Aziz Ansari, who got in, who, if you know who that is, a comedian, yeah. he was on Parks and Rec. Um, he had a sexual encounter with someone who then later told him, talked about how she didn't feel it was consensual, but he said he thought it was consensual. And the way she talked about it, she almost said, I think he thought it was consensual. And that's a weird gray area that we all kind of heard. And for me, it was like, I don't know what to do with that. It seems like it wasn't consensual, but also it, it was weird yeah uh it may not have been consensual but it may have been consensual and it may not have been easy to understand whether it was consensual and it just kind of was weird yeah it wasn't obvious and that's the problem and that's important to know is like most of this isn't black and white yes or no there's something in the middle um and that's why we say like that's where this is where Jess going on her little soapbox saying, talk about it up front before you 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 engage with someone, whether sexual or otherwise, just ha- figure out what is the limits, what are the boundaries? And that way you don't have to worry about crossing them if you make clear decisions beforehand. If we just talk to each other beforehand about what we are comfortable with. And what we're not comfortable with, no matter what it is, we would just have a whole better world. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just doing the thing and making people feel upset. Because it doesn't matter if it's if it were consensual or not. If you make if you make someone feel bad, 
it wasn't good. Well, yeah, I just, I, I'm just have, as far as like celebrities go, like Aziz Ansari or Snoop Dogg, or I, I have a level of skepticism for that because I'm pretty sure there are people out there who will go after that kind of encounter, have that encounter, and then turn around and file a lawsuit for having that encounter so they can get money out of it. Like that I just exists. Don't think it, I don't think it happens as much as the opposite where they're a celebrity, they get what they want, and they take what they want. Yeah. They may I think have that it. happens more often because there were... It reminds me of this John Mulaney bit uh, where he said he was writing for uh, writing an SNL sketch. John Mulaney, comedian, got into yeah. um, and he used to write for SNL and he said he was writing for Mick Jagger. Okay. And he said uh, people ask him like, is Mick Jagger a nice guy? And I can't remember the full bit, but it's like, no, how can he be? He, he just says something and he gets what he wants. It's like, do you think this, he ever has to open a door for himself or do this? It's like, he, right. it's the culture around him that he gets what he wants because right. he's so famous and that this is what happens. You get what you want because you're so famous and it's a different culture. And that's the celebrity culture is so much different from the average person culture that there's not a concept of no. And that can be bad in situations, in a lot of situations. And that's why we see a lot of times where like the celebrity was so mean to me. It's like because they live in a different they live in a different life than what we live. Yeah. But it also means they still are responsible for doing wrong things, but also they do live a different life when they make millions of dollars and they still want more money. There has to be something wrong with you if you oh if you are worth a hundred million dollars and you want to hoard money. Yeah. Or if you're worth $10 million, really $10 million more, you have no need to ever do anything again. You could probably spend at a pretty constant rate and still be okay for the rest of your life. Yeah. But if you still are craving more money, we are not the same. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's something about that. Like you are not the same as a billionaire because uh, yeah. to get to become a billionaire, to become a celebrity and to live in that culture means you have to crave things that the average person doesn't want. Yeah. I don't want to be famous for the longest time I did, but I realized uh, uh, I don't, I wouldn't want it. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want the lack of personal uh, time and I doubt I'd want the lack of empathy that a lot of famous people have. Yeah. Yeah. This took a really dark turn talking about a really awesome halftime Super Bowl show. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, that's the nature of how things are going right now. Yeah. In all honesty. And, and the other thing about celebrities, and this is something that gets into the halftime show, is drugs. And it's really nice to see Eminem is how many years sober from at this point? Oh, probably like 13, I think. Yeah. So that's, that's a positive takeaway from it is he got, he got clean. It took him several struggles to get clean from pills, right? Was he doing pills? Mostly? Everything. He was doing everything. And he, I don't know if he still drinks or if he smokes weed. Those aren't, I mean, it depends on 
those can be problems, but they're generally not as big of problematic as some of the yeah. other stuff he well, was doing. His uh, his friend Royce of Five Nine had a huge drinking problem, so he's been so they support each other with with their addiction. Oh. Uh, yeah, Royce. So maybe um, he doesn't drink. I don't think he drinks. No, that could be. I mean, it, it's good if you're in one drug. It's best just to get away from them all. It just helps. Yeah, and also yeah. solidarity with other people you're around. Yeah, well, when he wears the uh, the his the, the necklace that he wears, the little triangle with a circle around it, that's um, that's like Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People, I think, thought it was like Illuminati. I remember hearing about that. People were like, he's oh, wearing no. an Illuminati symbol. It's like, no, that's the, <laughs> that's the NA symbol. Yeah. Uh, that means he's clean yeah. or he's working on clean, being clean. And it's yeah, yeah. sobriety. Yeah. Sobriety is a, a important and it's very much, uh, especially for celebrities, they get into drugs just the same. Yeah. They're just like us, except they're not. Not really. Us. Not really. I won't. I don't think I'll ever understand how they. Because I, I think the important thing to remember is like, well, here's how celebrities are not like us. If a celebrity doesn't work for a year, they're okay for the most part. Most major celebrities. Yeah. If we don't work for a year. We're all screwed. Yeah. Most of us, if we don't work for a month, we're screwed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So just, just there, there is a difference. There's a difference between. Uh, how much how how much uh they they get what they want and how much uh they can afford to do things that other people can't afford to do and how cringy they can be by saying in their mansion and say uh at the start of the pandemic like oh it feels like prison <laughs> while people are literally living in two-bedroom apartments with their kids if not even that yeah yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen, I mean, I, I, I feel like I, I noticed my place of privilege when, when the pandemic started and everybody was like locked in. I mean, we still kind of are a lot of times because we don't like to interact with a lot of people around here because a lot of people just don't care, it seems like. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to go spreading diseases that kill people. Um, even if it is just 1%, 1% of the entire population is a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, kills more people than the flu people. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but uh, just noticing my own privilege of having a house that is big enough that the, the, the three of us who live here can be in very different places of the house and be okay. Except yeah. one of the three of us who live here should not be by themselves if, if in one of those places of the house because she's a little too young. Oh, I thought you were talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> or a little too old. I should not be left alone. All right. So, yeah, Soup so. Dog. Yeah. Everybody. I didn't even get into my jaw roll thing. Uh, oh, the jaw roll thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a happy thing. Everything. Yeah, he ruins uh, everything. Yeah. Just, like, you say he ruins everything. Yeah. He's, he's like Adam, not you, Adam, the other Adam. Uh, ja Rule ruins everything, except not oh, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Adam ruins everything is what I'm talking about. Uh, Adam, um, Adam, what is his last name? I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't watch that dude. Yeah, he's pretentious. So I didn't like it because you know the term mansplaining. Uh, yeah. I felt like that's all he did to women. It was like you're wrong, you're dumb, and it's what it felt like. But I think pretentious is a nice way to say it. Also, I don't yeah. think everything he ruins is actually accurate because he's a comedian. He's not an expert. Right. Yeah. Yep. Don't believe everything you see on the internet. All right. With that, just we believe wrap what up. we said. We're the experts of everything. Hmm. I don't I don't agree with your statement. And uh But that would make you an expert on it, right? No. I, I'm not <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. We're not the experts. Don't trust us. In I'm fact, experts we're on certain I'm an expert on certain things. Uh um COVID is not something I'm an expert on. Um that's not something I'm an expert on either. Uh yeah, that's, that's about it. Uh rap is something I'm not an expert on. I am an expert on rap. I'm sorry. No, I just have to. Yeah, I am. Uh, I've been to school for it and everything. <laughs> I was at the school for hard knocks. They kicked me out. They said I had, didn't have enough knocks. That's right. So I went, for the, I went to the school of medium knocks. <laughs> Gentler knocks. <laughs> Gentler knocks. It's a gentle knock life for us. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the lesser known Annie story. She just lives in a middle class home in those suburbs. Yeah. She generally knocked life for us. Instead of kisses, we get hugs. Instead of treats, we get pugs. It's gentle knock life. The sun will come out tomorrow like it does every day because today is a good day, except it rained a little bit this morning. <laughs> Tune in next time where we redo the entire uh, story of Annie <laughs> with Gently Knock Life. Annie, the Gently Knock Life. Yeah. She's not an orphanage. No. She doesn't get picked up by the rich guy then. Man. Do all stories about like people who are po in poverty uh, end up with them getting like saved because some rich person saves them? Yeah, basically. Yeah. By the way, have you seen the new South Park season yet? I haven't seen South Park in like twenty okay. years. Okay, just just to, just to just check it, just check out the new season of South Park because there's an episode where. Um, we find out that Token's real name is not Token. It's Tolkien off of uh, Lord of the Rings. JR, whatever his name is. J.R. Tolkien or whatever his name is. J.K. Rowling Tolkien, whatever his <laughs> name is. Okay, so <laughs> J.K. Rowling is the... Uh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter person who has a very terrible right, personal the other guy, taste. The Tolkien, the Tolkien dude. But J.R.R. Tolkien yep, is, that's the one. Uh, is, the, is the Lord of the Rings author who... He's dead, so I don't know what his personal tastes are. So that's who that's who Token is named off of, and Stan so finds out, and things happen, and it's amazing. So just check it out; it's hilarious. Things I happen. Think. That's all they ever do. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. That's so it. That, on that Dawes note, yeah. Did y'all catch the Dawes reference I made? D a w e s reference. Yeah. Look it up. I just made it. Made it very obvious, but I keep talking about it. 
it's not such a reference anymore. If I say, hey, look, look, look what I did. Look what I did. No, it's See not. See that cool thing I did? How very Eminem of you, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, everybody got to talk like they had something to say. All right. Thanks for listening. Yes. Yes.